1: Coming up on Studos America, Dan Andros joins us to talk about suspended idiots in the NBA and missing tennis players. Joe Biden has a new plan to combat high gas prices. I'll tell you exactly how screwed we all are. And with five people dead and scores more injured in Wisconsin, we have to ask the question, could this have been prevented entirely? Let's do Daryl Brooks.
2: Studos America. America.
1: So we know about what happened in Wisconsin the other day. Five people dead, 48 people injured. Uh, God only knows if those numbers are going to go higher. And it was a terrible, terrible, terrible tragedy. Darrell Brooks is the guy who's been accused of this. And uh, it seems like it's pretty open and shut that he is the guy responsible. There's tons and tons of evidence. And I don't know. There's this weird thing that we keep finding in these cases like video which makes the case somewhat easy to prove uh, a lot of times. Uh, But let me give you uh, this from uh, the police report uh, in Wisconsin. Uh, This is sickening. Officers observed tire tracks on her left pants leg. Can you imagine having to write a sentence like that? The incredible part about that sentence, it is not from the parade incident. It is from November 2nd where Daryl Brooks ran over his girlfriend in a gas station parking lot. Officers observed tire tracks on her left pants leg. Thankfully, she survived, uh, but so many others did not because of the actions of Daryl Brooks, a criminal who really has taken crime uh, to uh, all new levels. I mean, we've all made mistakes in our lives, okay? Maybe you've committed a crime. Maybe you've done something wrong. Did you ever speed? Did you ever run a red light? We've all done something wrong, right? I don't know if you've done this much wrong, though. I hold in my hand the pre, not current, but pre-parade rap sheet of our friend Daryl Brooks. And as you might note, it is 50 pages long. 50 pages pages. It goes all the way back to 1999. It goes through... There he is, right here. He's a local rapper, and uh, I. there's no better kind of rap than local rap. Just always remember that. It goes through all of this, uh, you know, everything from, uh, you know, felonies, concealed weapons, charges, um, it goes to... Um, I mean, so many concealed weapons again, loitering, resisting or obstructing an officer, possession of cocaine and on and on and on and on and on. Uh, In fact, we even get to uh, some of the more serious charges a little bit later in life. Uh, He uh, he was um, he was a guy who continually broke the law. And I don't know where we where we stop exactly. I know three strikes laws are no longer popular in this country, apparently. Um, How about 49 page laws? Can we get to the point where maybe maybe 50 pages of crimes? Well, too many, just a few too many. That's all. Maybe at 49 pages of crimes, we put the person in prison forever. Where do we stop? Where do these lines stop? Um, one of the crimes he committed was a a, a sexual offense. He's a tier two sexual offender in the state of Nevada. Now this stems from an incident. It's a little difficult to figure out what he's saying here, but I want you to hear him explain why he's on the sexual offender list. And then as soon as we fall out, all of a sudden now I'm a pedophile. Let me explain that. 10 years ago, 2006, I caught a case with my oldest daughter's mama. Yes, my baby mama. She's from Oakland. I was busting moves in Nevada. I meet the bitch. She says she want to get down, so I'm pimping on the bitch. I'll take her to Nevada. You know what I'm saying? I get cracked. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know the bitch was 16 at the time. She gave a statement to the police and told them, yeah, she was hoeing, that I was
3: pimping, and and, uh, that she was 16, and that I didn't know that. Okay? Okay.
1: Okay. Now, he repeats several times in that statement, you know what I'm saying, and I will say, I do not know what he's saying. Um, there's a little disagreement as to what this incident was actually about. I take it as he's, he's sleeping with his baby mama uh, when she was 16 years old. They find out about it, and he gets a, essentially a statutory rape claim. Uh, they, they call it something else, but it's basically statutory rape. Um, he is talking about hoeing and pimping. So I'm not sure if that is the, uh, the, the, you know, I don't know, slang use of the term. Um, ho and, and pimping officially, of course, in a business sense, would indicate a sexual transaction for currency. Uh, we don't know if it was that or he was just hitting on someone and calling himself a pimp and calling her a hoe. which if there's a better name for a loved one than ho, I, I, don't, I, I don't know what it is. So he's very respectful. Now, this may or may not, I don't know how many baby mamas are in his life. It may or may not have been the one that he ran over and left a tire track on her left pants leg. But we do know he's a terrible human being and has been a terrible human being for a very long time. This goes all the way back to 1999. The sexual inc- uh, encounter was in 2006. And what we see here is, now this, this seems like a mistake, Right. The state has come out and said, oh, yeah, we're sorry about this. Really low bond uh, here. He got out on a thousand dollars bond after intentionally running over someone with the same vehicle you saw speeding through the parade in the videos. That vehicle ran over someone just three weeks earlier and they let him out. And then he went on to, to hit 53 others. So what exactly are we supposed to do here? Why did this happen? And yes, they're saying it's a mistake now because they got caught. But this is just a step towards some leftist utopia. This is the world they want. This is the world they want. They want people like Daryl Brooks to be released from prison because of structural racism. Because it's not his fault he's he's, uh, committed 50 pages of crimes. It's your fault because you're white and he's not. That's how this works, apparently in this country. And you might say to yourself, well, wait a minute, that does not seem like an actual plan. They're not actually going to just release everybody from prison. Let me give you this. This is um, uh, this is Rashida Talib talking to uh, Axios journalist Jonathan Swan. Now, Jonathan Swan is one of the few journalists out there that will ask tough questions of pretty much anybody he's in front of. And here he is talking to Rashida Talib. To what extent have you wrestled with any potential downsides of releasing into society every single person who's currently in a federal prison? Yeah. I,
0: again, I think that everyone's like, "Oh my God, we're going to just release everybody." That's not that's what. what the, I'm, that's yeah. Is. But did you see how many people are mentally ill that are in prison right now? No, what? I know But the act that you endorsed so actually gonna, says
4: release everyone. But in but ten, in 10 years.
0: years, but think about it. Who will release? But they were like
4: human traffickers, oh, I know. child sex. So, but I you're mean, saying, do you mean that you
1: don't actually support that? Because no, you, you endorse the bill. No, I
0: endorse the BREATHE Act and looking at federal, the policies and how we incarcerate, absolutely. But it says in there. But you cannot, you cannot, you cannot just blankly say, oh, look, she wants, that's not what I'm saying. But that's like in plain text. But it? what I'm saying is look at who's in prison now. No, Look at the I folks that are no, mentally ill, that I, have substance abuse but, but problems. But I'm not have,
1: disagreeing with you that there are people who should be Yeah, but then why are prison? you
0: asking me about them? You're asking me about the cr- human no, traffickers and others that no, should st- I'm trying to understand.
1: No, no, no. What I'm trying to understand is your, your proposal is so sweeping. It does
0: oh, oh, it does release yeah.
4: everyone. And what I'm trying to say to you Within
0: is. Within 10 years, and yeah. obviously there's a process of looking at how can we get away from mass incarceration sure. and move towards care first.
1: So you see the difference in the squad here, where AOC gets snippy and and, and wisecracky. Uh, Rashida Tlaib just tries to smile her way through the bloodbath of an interview she's in the middle of. Uh, And look, there's two ways to go here. You could say maybe Rashida Tlaib Tlaib endorsed a bill and sponsored a bill uh, that she knows nothing about. And it wouldn't be insane to believe that. She obviously doesn't know a lot about a lot of things. So it's very possible that maybe this is the case here, right? Maybe she just doesn't know what's in her own bill. Um, However, I think it's a lot more likely that she's embracing the leftist vision of America and the BREATHE Act is it when it comes to criminal justice reform. And I'll give you the quote, this is from the BREATHE Act, quote, developing a time-bound plan to close all federal prisons and immigration detention centers, which is something that's not getting enough attention here. Because also, it's not just that it's open borders, too. So you got open borders and you got nobody in prison. You're releasing murderers. You're releasing federal tra- traffickers. You're releasing uh, known terrorists. You're releasing all sorts of white collar criminals. I don't know how they expect to get all these. Uh, you know, they seem every time um, a police officer does something they don't like, uh, they say they need to go to prison. Well, that wouldn't happen uh, in in some of these cases, depending on how the the crime was charged, because her bill only deals with federal prison. But of course, you know, this is something they're talking about all the time. They're talking about defunding the police. They're talking about making this a much more widespread situation. And it's important to look at where this goes. There are places in this country in which this has been implemented. We've talked to uh, Michael Schellenberger about his book, San Francisco, a few times, and we've discussed it several times because he points out, Why progressives ruin cities. They get in control. They have all the power. They do the things they say they want to do. And disaster ensues. Let me give you another example. Seattle. This is a documentary from a couple years ago. Um, Let me give you this. This is a a guy, Scott Lindsay, who looked through uh, the crime statistics and crime records in Seattle. And what he found was going to sound pretty familiar.
2: This is a list of familiar faces, repeat offenders, people who break the laws, get caught, get released, and break the laws again and again and again. There are a hundred names on the list. Scott Lindsay is the man who dived into public records and researched the list. If we take somebody into the jail,
1: don't give them meaningful help and then put them right back out on the streets, we know they're gonna commit the same crimes in the same places. And our Mm. public records, our criminal justice records, really show that that's exactly what's happening.
2: Look at the sheer volume of criminal cases. Calvin A, 68 criminal cases since 2002, repeated random assaults on random individuals. Draynon B, 54 criminal cases since 2016. Michelle C, 72 cases since 2000. And the list goes on and on. Seattle's mayor says this.
4: It
1: is wrong to conflate homelessness with a rise in crime.
2: For at least 100 people, it would at the very least appear to be a factor. Of the 100 that you looked at, what percentage of them were homeless? Yeah, from our criminal justice records, 100% had indicators that they were currently homeless. And what percent showed signs of addiction? Yeah, 100% also showed signs of a substance use disorder. And what percent uh, were mentally ill?
1: Yeah, a little less than half had been evaluated by the courts formally, for uh, mental health conditions, serious, severe mental health conditions. I remember Rashida Tlaib's uh, defense here was that she really only was talking about uh, the mentally ill the people that she wanted to just release into society. That's working out well too, of course. You know, the issue was really more of the serious criminals, uh, not the ones that could be treated potentially in a mental health facility. Um, now, obviously, Seattle's pro- and San Francisco's issue revolve closely around homelessness but, and drug addiction, which it does seem like our, our friend Daryl Brooks had an issue with that as well. Um, let me give you a little bit more, because that's the spreadsheet version, and you know the show. Videos of spreadsheets. I mean, if there's anything I like more than that, I don't know what it is. However, let me give you a more personal view of how this stuff plays out with police in public every single day in cities all across America.
2: And escalated into assaulting police officers. (laughs) A bunch of cops were deployed.
4: Stand up so we can get out of
2: here. spit on them.
4: Don't
3: spit them. Hey, no biting. Don't bite yourself either. Santa, Travis, we're going to the gurney. Here's the gurney. It lasted hours. We well, I'm actually not even high right now. Travis is
2: outrageously unapologetic about his life and his world. He could care less about yours.
3: Do you steal for your habit? I actually just started stealing last Monday. I started stealing and um, F- oh my God, dude. That was one of the hardest sacrifices, is to like, do unrighteous things in front of my dudes.
1: Travis, just relax. Travis, do you want to smoke?
4: Travis, you want to smoke or a candy bar?
3: But, um... Will you continue to do that? Oh, I'm having a blast now. It is so much fun. What what should the system do with a guy like you? Um, I think that this system has, has done, uh, what, any viable, um, legitimate system would. And they've really like exalted me uh, and like shown uh, deference and and love towards me. Back
4: the up! I want to see you pick it up with your mouth Remember when you caught it with your toes?
3: And like, I don't feel like I'll ever be arrested again. I haven't been in jail for like a a year and three months or so. You know, Mm. so a change like that responding to a big change definitely shows that uh, I have conquered the criminal justice system.
2: Want to know the sad part, the what? truly frustrating part?
1: He's probably right. He's conquered the criminal justice system because they won't charge him anymore. They just keep getting him and releasing him and getting him and releasing him. And by the way, if you happen to be listening on podcasts, most of the words spoken by that homeless guy were spoken while half naked in a garbage can. So that was working out well. Let me give you this one because it, it, it's not just silly like this. This guy who maybe is at least kind of funny. Sometimes it gets
2: a lot more serious. Police say that on July 20th of 2017, this man, Louis Arby III, 41 years old, removed the screen from a woman's window at an assisted living facility in SeaTac and crawled in. The woman inside was brutalized for an hour. She was raped and beaten, and choked and robbed. Police say Lewis Arby also urinated on the floor. Afterwards, police say he left through the same window he'd entered through. The victim was treated for bleeding on the brain, a broken nose, and other injuries. She was 71 years old. It was a shocking and disturbing crime, but perhaps we shouldn't have been all that surprised. Just four days before the rape, just 96 hours before police say he scarred one woman's life forever, Louis Arby III was arrested here, sitting next to the fountain, right outside the King County Courthouse. Police say he was selling methamphetamine. That's him in the back of the squad car after the arrest. He was booked and then released almost immediately. Our criminal justice system decided that he shouldn't spend even 24 hours in jail. But even a brief look at his record would have shown that Lewis Arby had come from California, where he'd spent 19 years in prison for kidnapping, robbery, and carjacking. And had prosecutors looked a little more closely, they'd have known that Arby was the only suspect in a case three months prior in which a woman was taken hostage, forcibly shot full of drugs, and viciously raped and beaten for 15 hours. The King County Prosecutor's Office says, in this case, we had information that he had a 1995 California conviction for kidnap to commit robbery and other offenses. The prosecutors assigned to the investigation had no knowledge of other pending investigation. And so we are left with a question. How is it that a man is arrested in front of a courthouse in possession of a deadly drug that destroys lives? How is it that this man who has a long history of violence doesn't even spend 24 hours in jail. How is it that he is sent right back onto the streets?
1: How is it it that a man who drove a red SUV over his girlfriend's leg a few weeks before was out of prison to run his SUV, that same SUV, through a parade and kill at least five people and injure 48? How does that happen? Because this is the vision of the future from progressives. This is reality. When they have control, this is what they do. And it's happening all over the country. You know, we're only a couple years away from Donald Trump uh, having a ceremony celebrating criminal justice reform. I mean, you think about that. The pendulum swings, though, uh, when these things go on. And the pendulum maybe swung all the way to the point where the Republican president was taking credit and working with Van Jones on criminal uh, justice reform. But I think unless we get this under control, the pendulum is going to swing back the other way and it's going to swing back fast and it's going to swing back hard. This is a a situation where we need to get this under control. People like Daryl Brooks, who spend their entire life committing crimes that hurt people, need to be in prison forever so that they can't do what they did at that Christmas parade the other night. to talk about a few things that have fundamentally sort of changed the way that we live. Uh, disruptors, uh, smartphones, streaming machines, all, uh, you know streaming services, all sorts of cool things that have uh, changed the way that we live. Ladder is one of these things. If you don't know what ladder is, I'm not talking about the thing to climb. I'm talking about basically a service that changed the life insurance industry flipped it upside down shook out all the inefficiencies before latter if you wanted to get life insurance if you've ever gone through this process it's arduous uh, you had to drive you have to drive across town you have to sit through a sales pitch fill out a ton of paperwork then you have to wait six to eight weeks to find out if you've been approved you'd also probably get a zillion phone calls from agents to bundle your life insurance with everything else in your life. Now with Ladder, you can get fast, affordable term life insurance without leaving home. It's 100% digital. When you apply for three million dollars or less in coverage, no doctors, no needles, no paperwork. If you're between the ages of 20 and 60, you need coverage and you want to team up with a company that is really changing the way life insurance is done. Choose Ladder. Go to ladderlife.com/stew today to see if you're instantly approved. It's L-A-D-D-E-R life.com/stew ladderlife.com slash stew. I'm joined once again by Dan Andros, managing editor of faithwire.com. Dan, how's it going?
4: It's just great. Thanks for having me.
1: Uh, Glad you're uh, able to make it today. Um, I uh, have been following this story in China of a tennis player. Uh, Now, I, I didn't know who she was before this, Peng Shui. Um, it's, it's Peng Shui, I think. Peng, yeah, that's what I, totally what I what, what I yeah. what I was going to say until you rudely cut me off. But she's a tennis player in China, and uh, the, a very China CCP sort of thing is going on with her, uh, where she uh, made a complaint against the government, and now shockingly, seemingly, has uh, disappeared for just a little while.
4: Yeah, it's a it's a very China esque situation. So basically. Former tennis star, I believe she's a Wimbledon champion at one point, uh, accuses a one of the communist uh, Chinese officials of sexual assault on social media. Well, within minutes of that post going up, it was deleted, and then she went missing for a few days. And uh, then the this is where it really gets, you know, communist regime esque. A statement appears from her that says, "Hey." Um, just to let everybody know, I'm doing great. I'm just at home, I'm resting, <laughs> things are fine, we're watching Netflix, they didn't say the Netflix things, but it did say I'm at home and resting and I'm safe. And then the added line, which really doesn't give it away at all, that it's the, the communist government writing this said, uh, paraphrasing here, but um, you know, media, if you're gonna write any more stories, verify it with me first before you publish anything. <laughs> Like that sounds like normal person speak, right? <laughs> Definitely not communist handlers. They're, uh, you know, thugging it up on the media. So that was that. And then, uh, interestingly, the IOC then uh, comes out and says they they had a thirty minute, you know, Skype call with her or some you know some sort of video conference. And then they double down and say, well, I mean, we we had a call with her and everything's great. They don't release video of this call, just still images. And their statement is also creepy. And I don't have it in front of me, but it essentially says, oh, she is safe. And we talked to her, and everything's going great there. And uh, so nothing to see here. But the WTA, the Women's Tennis Association, they're not buying any of this. And they keep calling them out on it and saying, "Uh, this is not, that's not acceptable proof of life. Because there was also a couple of videos of her signing tennis balls, one of her at a restaurant where they're saying the date like 20 times on it today's November 21st by the way today oh did you know today's November 21st <laughs> Look there she is and it's November 21st. Uh, so this is the sort of stuff that's coming out and um, you know the IOC of course the this the, the uh, timing is very convenient. Uh, the the Beijing games are coming up here in February and so the IOC conveniently sides with China.
1: Yeah, a couple of these statements were really bizarre. The restaurant video, in particular, it's seeming. I guess in Chinese, apparently you can hear someone sort of cue them to start, like they're starting to film, uh, and then they do mention the date over and over again. At one point, you kind of expected them to hold up a newspaper that look today's date is right here on this handy newspaper. That's current. This is not an old video. Uh, right. You know, I don't think anyone's believing it, though. I do struggle to figure out how they could be believed at this point. Every, every statement they they might make, at least to me, is going to immediately set me off and think, well, that's exactly what the Chinese government would do. Right.
4: And they don't. And by the way, they don't mention at all And any of the, the IOC didn't mention it. None of these statements have mentioned the allegations. Those have mm. mysteriously gone down the memory hole and nobody's talking about those anymore. So it's just, no, she's safe, guys. I know you're all concerned about her and We're not talking about that incident anymore, right?
1: It's so bad. (laughs) It really is bizarre how this is happening. And they keep folding. You know, the Chinese, uh, you know, government obviously is going to be running these uh, Olympic games coming up. What would you do? I mean, I I get I am a little torn on this because I want to punish China and I don't want to give them any propaganda victories or legitimacy. On the other hand, you know, our athletes have worked so hard for so long. You hate to rip this out from under them, especially after what's happened over the past couple of years.
4: (laughs) Well, first of all, if you're the IOC, you back up and you don't give Olympic Games to China. How about that first yes. start? Like, like yes. You wouldn't be in this situation. You know, the, the Olympic Games aren't going to North Korea. Mm. So why no. are you
1: doing it in China? I wouldn't exactly. Uh, don't tempt them on this. They gave it to Moscow. Uh, back in the day, <laughs> <It's> uh, <laughs> they I don't think they're afraid of going to the world's worst places. And mo- <laughs> it's just the, the fact that China at least has money to put on a good show. North Korea, they'd be like, you know, dilapidated uh, concrete buildings where all the events yeah. would be held. So they can't go there.
4: Right. Yeah. China, China has the money and they also have the slave labor. They can they can summon millions of people at a given notice. Like, to, you know, everyone was remarking that I remember uh, last time the Olympics were there and they're like, wow, it was so clean. I mean, there wasn't a there wasn't a piece of garbage anywhere out there. Yeah, that's because they've got about four million people running around. And if there's a piece of plastic on the ground that someone's getting executed. (laughs) So, uh, you know, so of course it was clean.
1: Yeah. It was very clean. Uh, they've wiped all the blood off of the pavement, which is which is great. By the way, last time they had a big uh athletic event, I believe was the World Military Games back in two thousand nineteen, which many people believe was the first COVID super spreader event. So I don't see what could possibly go wrong here. I think yeah. everything's gonna be But totally thankfully fine.
4: they've handled yeah, and thankfully they've handled COVID super well. <laughs> really truthful and upfront with uh, the rest of the world on this, definitely putting us at ease that this is not some sort of uh event they either did on purpose or um, just you know, didn't want anyone to know they messed up. And so they blatantly covered it up. I mean, we're, we're all feeling great about that now. I mean, <laughs> with all the truthiness coming out of China.
1: But by the way, they still haven't told us. They still haven't opened up their books uh, on what viruses they had. Uh, they still haven't gone through the process that they should have gone through in March of 2020 or February of 2020, opening up everything. So we can try to figure out how this started and where it came from. They're still yeah. lying about it to this day no. and they will never tell us the truth.
4: And, and the other amazing thing too, is if you look at the case, the cases, uh, they, they like vanished yeah. after April of 2020. I think they had all of their deaths were in the by before some date in April of 2020. And I think only like four or five since then. Yeah, now, nobody I mean, Does anyone that. believe that? Nobody, I mean, believes, nobody believes, believes
1: that. Nobody yeah. believes it. And, you know, we know there is uh, certainly a lot more. Even if you want to go hardcore lockdown, weld people right. into their apartments, you can't stop it completely in a country of 1.3 billion people. That's just not happening.
4: No, uh, but that you see that a lot of people on the far left, though, do say that. Well, wow, it just shows that these lockdowns work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so does burying about 5,000 people in a mass grave. Yeah, no, that, that stops the virus, too.
1: It does. It does. It does seem to do that. Um, let me switch gears to the NBA here for a second. Um, now, I'm in the media. Um, I don't have an NBA uh, MVP vote this year. Mm. But if I did, I think I would have to cast it for Enos Cantor.
4: <laughs> yeah, he deserves to get it for... Just one game and what he did uh, with LeBron James calling him out for basically being silent on China. And he wore these sneakers with just a, a fantastic uh, artist rendition of LeBron James bowing down uh, to President Xi <laughs> with bags of money behind him. So uh, and he wore those in the game. Uh, and then LeBron James, you know, reacted and only LeBron James fashions, you know, turned it around saying All right, he's just trying to use my name. Uh, to get noticed, like says the guy who uh, chimes in on random, uh, you know, police shootings and things <laughs> right. of that nature with a completely horrible take. Um, you're definitely not trying to get, you know, v- uh, virtue signaling points there at all by using the names of dead people um, but at all, LeBron James. So, uh, no. you know, okay. you're one to talk. But yeah, LeBron, uh, Ennis Cantor did wear those sneakers. And uh, thankfully, as a Celtics fan, they pummeled the Lakers and humiliated them on national television. It was great.
1: I don't consider myself a Celtics fan, but I loved every second of that game. <laughs> um, uh, here's LeBron James' comeback, by the way. Cantor has done this several times this year. He's worn um, shoes that have represented um, you know, commentary against the Chinese communist government. He's spoken out many, he's famous for, no, uh, for speaking out against Turkey as well. He writes here, he says, um, I think if you know me, uh, you know I don't give too many people my energy, James said, and which is bizarre. Again, as you point out, he comments on 18-year-olds crying on, on the stand, uh, but he doesn't give anybody his energy. Um, he says, he, uh, can- Cantor is definitely not someone I would give my energy to. He's trying to use my name to create an opportunity for himself. I definitely won't comment too much on that. Um, he says, uh, he's always had a word for, to say in my direction, and as a man, if you've got an issue with somebody, you really come up to him, and he had his opportunity tonight. I seen him in the Hallway,
4: and he walked right by me. He's seen right. him, Dan. Yeah, but I mean, what's what's that? What? Why does Ennis have to talk to you? He knows where you stand. You're you're silent on China. He doesn't need to go tell you to speak up. He's he's doing just fine with trying to put some pressure on you. Because there's no way LeBron James is going to speak up uh, if he just tells him in the hallway to do it. So, yeah, um, it's true. It's, you know, it's all it's ridiculous all commentary, a battle of PR here. I,
1: I, I, you know, it is interesting, though. I have not seen I've seen LeBron James come out and talk about every person who gets shot by police, usually uh, for, for very valid reasons. I've seen him complain about 17 and 18 year olds crying uh, on on the stand. I have not seen him comment on the Chinese tennis player that's missing. Have you heard? Nope. Has he made any comment on that?
4: I have not seen any comment on I did see Serena Williams, who, of course, is one of the best tennis players of all time. She commented on it. Um, but LeBron has been silent, and um, which is very interesting for someone who cares about justice. Apparently apparently not justice for all. And, and look, it's not just that, because Ennis was less talking about the tennis player and more talking about the sweatshops that make his Nike clothing. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah, he's spoken out, I mean, it's... <laughs> He does not care. Uh, Cantor just comes out. He, he's taken
1: anti-Nike stances on his shoes. Uh, he uh, he does not care. And, you know, good for him. So it's good to have somebody. This used to be common, I feel like. I feel like, it, you know, it was pretty common for athletes, big, you know, high-profile athletes and celebrities to take stance against you know autocratic regimes overseas like that was not a hard thing to do but that you know you know the nba in particular is so desperate for chinese dollars that they will not stand up and it's it really is embarrassing i mean you know they, they always talk about how michael jordan wouldn't take stances against wouldn't take a stand against republicans back in the day right uh he would he famously said you know some version of republicans wear sneakers too um, it's saying basically, hey, look, Americans can buy my sneakers and I'm fine with it, If even if they believe things I don't believe. Uh, h- yeah. However, that's the total opposite with LeBron. I mean, he, he he'll criticize Republicans all day long, won't say word one about China.
4: Yeah. Uh, it's true. It is embarrassing and um, almost, almost as equally embarrassing as your top 10 lists do, which included LeBron James. And mine did not for reasons such as this. And uh, mm, this is a great point, I'm, actually. Well, before
1: before we go on here, let me let me let me set the stage here because we did it. We did a story. This is probably a year ago. We, we were screwing around on a show one day. and We did an NBA all time top 10 player list. Now, most yeah. people there's an argument. Is it Jordan or LeBron? One or two, one and two. I mean, that's ridiculous. Obviously, you know, LeBron. LeBron is nowhere near Michael Jordan, and he's nowhere near number two. Um, I had him at number 10, which I thought, I thought was going to be really demeaning to LeBron. You had him outside the top 10 completely, which yeah. I really did respect. Um, mm. So you have a case for someone you believe should be in my top 10. Who is it?
4: Yes. It, well, Steph Curry should absolutely be mm. in your top 10 because people who don't know the stew history. And the Stu history is Stu was Steph Curry before Steph Curry, except (laughs) minus all the talent. Right. Um, You know, which (laughs) would sound like an insult, but it's Steph Curry. Come on. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's the best shooter of all time. But Stu actually risked his spot of making our basketball team. The coaches are all sitting out there evaluating us. And there's Stu launching half court shots. And uh, just going crazy. And we're all just looking at, it, like, what is he doing? But you just love shooting long bombs. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was just, and then, you know, all the Loyola Marymount, run and gun. That was Stu. Stu was pioneering this. He was pushing this charge before anyone was doing it. This is in the mid-90s, early 90s. And so Steph Curry comes along and this guy's shooting it from all over the court. The most ridiculous <laughs> shots you can imagine. Making them all, just chucking up things from all over the place. Normally it would get you booted off a team, but this guy's, Changing the game, greatest shooter of all time, bar none. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's already won multiple championships. It's only he's only going to probably get more. They're off to an amazing start again this year, thirteen and two, basically on his back. And uh, you leave this guy out of your top ten? I, I just feel like he hasn't played long enough. How, how many seasons has he's he actually played? He's got three
1: championships. <laughs> what else does he need to do? <laughs> well, he's got to play more than three Larry years. Larry Bird has how many three
4: championships?
1: But Bird played a full career. Curry's in the middle of his career.
4: I, I, you know what? I bet you. I bet you. I bet you. Idiot. Steph Curry played. But mm. but what else does he need to do? Does he need to do something else to get into your top ten? I mean, I just didn't think of that. can stop right now and he's in it.
1: You know what, fine. I'm get LeBron out of here. I'm I'm bringing in Steph Curry. Get him out of there. We're pushing. I'll put a few other people ahead there. Now, LeBron's back at number 30 now. That's on my top 10. There we go. Uh, go. Dan Andrews, managing editor of Faithwire. (laughs) Have a great Thanksgiving, Dan, and uh, we'll see you soon.
4: All right. Take care.
1: For Thanksgiving this year, maybe you'd like a dessert that's not completely full of calories and sugar. Built bars. My wife eats built bars for um, uh, for dessert all the time. They're 130 calories, four grams of sugar. Uh, they're packed with protein, like 18 grams, and they have 100% real chocolate on the outside. So you're going to love them. They taste delicious. They're a great way to uh, you know maybe snap yourself back into shape a little bit after uh, what could be a uh, luxurious weekend of eating that we're approaching here stew 15 is the promo code to use when you go to built.com to get 15% off your first order they uh, they have a brand new they have puffs that are kind of like marshmallowy type um, and they have a new one out right now uh, you got to check this out my wife loves she's addicted to these things you got to check them out stew 15 is the promo code 15% off at built.com it's built.com promo code stew 15. Andrew Cuomo is awful.com. Remember that, of course, every single day of your life. I will also say that there's even more information to think he's awful. Uh, a new report has come out, and one of the people in the report was a uh, uh, health official. And you might remember her because she actually is the one who uh, swabbed Andrew Cuomo for a COVID test in front of everybody because I guess for some reason people think that's a good idea. I don't really get it. Um, we made fun of that with the vaccine AT, which is on YouTube, if you want to check that out. Um, but they're saying that, uh, the governor, uh, all sorts of, uh, top-down edicts, things that seem to come from political, um, motivations rather than actual stopping the pandemic, um, uh, motivations, uh, lots of fighting between him and Bill de Blasio. Um, they, uh, she, the, the actual, um, uh, the woman who did the swabbing said that she felt uncomfortable during it. He, this is, if you remember this, the, the test is about to go on, and he comments to the, uh, the woman uh, uh, that she, she made the gown look good. Uh, and uh, also, by the way, um, uh, the, uh, there was a situation where there was a lab Um, that could have done these tests faster. He wanted to go a different direction. Another time he wasted all these officials' time with a plan to uh, roll out 40 million vaccine doses. Now, we're now awash in vaccine doses these days, but this was at a time when they only got 300,000. So he made his entire health apparatus come up with a plan for 40 million doses when they only had 300,000. Because, you know, Andrew Cuomo is awful.com. It's interesting, too, he was one of the few people in history that have ever lost a battle to Bill de Blasio. Uh, and uh, Bill de Blasio... Uh, who may now run for governor, God, God save us. Uh, he has been in the center of this situation in New York City, and they have now successfully removed Thomas Jefferson and his statue from New York after 187 years. Remember when they used to fake it and say, we're not going to come for the founding fathers. Do you remember that? We just want General Lee. We just want the Confederate icons. We just want this person that we don't like. Now it's everybody. And it's going to be everybody for a very long time. So Thomas Jefferson, gone from New York after 187 years. So I want to talk to you about a new documentary called Enemies Within the Church. There's been a hostile postmodern takeover within conservative Christianity. You've probably noticed this. Postmodernism includes agendas commonly known by the terms social justice, intersectionality, critical race theory, neo-Marxism. The film exposes those who are selling out the church to postmodernism and the money behind it. The movie kind of rocks the boat in a good way. Uh, exposes the bad ideas and some of the bad actors and some of the bad money as well. Christians need to see what is being done without their knowledge. Enemies within the church brings together Christian voices from across the nation and the world to share what they have seen. Check out this DVD. You can purchase, uh, you can purchase a DVD or you can uh, pay-per-view, stream it uh, at enemieswithinthechurch.com. Enemieswithinthechurch.com. These are important issues. We've been talking to you about social justice for as long as I can remember. You need to know this stuff. Enemieswithinthechurch.com. Joe Biden has several emergency orders he needs to work through. And what happens uh, when you have a bunch of emergencies that you're overseeing and causing? You need some emergency orders, apparently. And he's going to release oil reserves to combat high gas prices. Now, this is something that has been done by other presidents before, um, but no one has ever done it as extensively as Joe Biden, Biden is planning And that's kind of what you'd say about a lot of different issues. People have done things that are bad before as president. Just no one's done it to the extent of Joe Biden. He's kind of the worst in almost every category. So this is going well so far. He's also filing an emergency court motion to reinstate the vaccine mandate. One of the things I I find interesting about the vaccine mandate, and this is something uh, Jeremy Boring, our friends over the Daily Wire, has pointed out, uh, they've stopped it. They can't implement it right now because of all the court um, rulings going against the vaccine mandate. So if your employer is telling you, well, we have to do the vaccine mandate because the government is telling us that, it's actually been paused. So it's not really um, the government doing this to you at this point. It's your employer who is putting it through. And, and they may have the right to do that or ask you to do it. However, uh, the government definitely does not have that right. And hopefully courts will correctly um, solidify that in the future. We will see. Kyle Rittenhouse was on with Tucker Carlson last night. He commented on Joe Biden as well. Um, And he asked a question which is far too much to ask for President Biden. He asked him to understand the facts before you make a statement. Now, I mean, you might as well, you know, ask him to fly. You know, (laughs) there's no hope of hitting that standard, Kyle. No chance. You can't ask Joe Biden to understand what he's talking about before he talks. That's just like, You know, you can't do that. It's just not something that is an available action for our president. And, uh, you know, he can do a lot of things. He can screw up all sorts of stuff. But actually knowing the facts before he speaks, that's a bridge too far. We're in a bit of a merch war here at Blaze TV, all of the hosts competing against one another. You can use my code, Stu20, to help me win it. and It will also give you 20% off, but Stu20 is the code at StuDoesMerch.com. You can get the Andrew Cuomo's awful stuff there, Taliban Joe Christmas cards. If you're sending uh, someone who does not like Joe Biden a Christmas card, well, you've got to send them the Taliban Joe Christmas card. They're going to love that. And I have these cards. Just for someone you, maybe who's screwing you over. Send in this holiday card. You're doing life wrong, is what it says. And I like to write these out every day with my Nancy Pelosi sucks pen. Today, dear Rashida Talib, I'm writing to congratulate you on a recent interview with Jonathan Swan for Axios. The last time I've heard such incoherent rambling was, well, it was Joe Biden's last speech, whatever that was. Honestly, the way you blended reality, fiction, and pure word vomit together to sort of answer Swan's questions was enlightened. I'd attempt to print out the transcript, but I'm worried the printer would hang itself. And no one wants to see that happen around the holidays. Quick uh, idea for an amendment to your bill, though. What if we release all of those criminals to your district? Perfect. Then you can make lots of new friends. Sure, some of them might be a bit undesirable, but your holiday cookies are sure to turn them around. Happy holidays. Happy Christmas re-education training. Happy, happy, happy. Whatever you celebrate, I'm not exactly sure.
0: I'll have to look it up. Love, Stew. See you tomorrow.